0: We just, you just the plane.
1: Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski, and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside, California class. This is a school, and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the President, Dr. Carl Emler. Now, in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Joshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, that there are Lord's many and there are God's many but we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove (laughs) that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state took on shape and took on form right within himself. As Yahweh Elohim, this is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit, manifest himself in a physical body and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title May be had by reading the preface to the holy name bible also in this school we teach by the divine pattern of the universe it's the divine pattern because it's yahweh's pattern after yahweh led the children of israel out of the land of egypt he called moses on top of mount sinai and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision later on yahweh instructed moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the Mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, To form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time eight to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of yahweh nine to make known that yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved saving the name of yahshua the messiah and 10 to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Mike Josephson from our Green Bay class and we'll have a scripture read which will be First Timothy the fourth chapter and that'll be read by Dr. Peg Trevisan from our Syracuse class.
2: May we all bow our hearts and minds and ask
1: Joshua to let our cares and concerns at the door so that we can pay attention because your word, oh Yahweh, is so very important to us. You have gathered this assembly together In your presence, please let us enjoy one more piece of the puzzle. In Yahshua's name, let us all say.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: I don't
4: believe Peggy's here.
1: Well, if Dr. Jerry (laughs) Geller could please read the scripture. Thank you.
0: For sake of not hunting my holy name Bible, I'll be reading out of the King James 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which Yahweh hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of Yahweh is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of Yahweh and prayer. If thou puttest the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Yahshua the Messiah, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto unto righteousness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but Righteousness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living Elohim, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. First Timothy, the fourth chapter.
1: Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. Josephson. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside class and Dr. Deb Cometti from our Syracuse class. We'll have a three-speaker format this afternoon. Each speaker Not necessarily.
3: Uh, Dave, Dave, we're not going to do a three-speaker format. We're just going to see how it goes
1: okay we'll just see how it goes <laughs> Thank you dr. Emlin and our first speaker will be myself this afternoon I'll be doing double duty so good evening and good afternoon to everybody very happy to be here um, coming out of the coming out of the Catholic faith um, coming down here and learning and being drawn down here I didn't come down here I was obviously brought down here by our creator. And he had me obviously in his book from the beginning of uh, before things before the world was made. And that's just those two things right there are very shocking uh, when you come from a an organized religion that really doesn't teach you a whole lot about your creator or um, give you the means to learn about your creator. And, you know, like I said, I realized that he's doing all the work and he brought me down here, but, you know, and nothing against the Catholics. I, my family's Catholic. I have friends that are Catholic. It's just the doctrine that's being taught there for, uh, an organization that is billions strong. It's, it's not teaching the truth. And, Unfortunately, are under a strong delusion uh, from the mystery of iniquity or the devil. So, the very beginning of this uh, chapter here, uh, down in this right here, reminds me of of something in the Catholic Church where um, forbidding or starting in verse three, forbidding to marry, uh, putting all kinds of restrictions on you. Uh, abstaining from meats like like during lent uh was always the big thing where you you shouldn't eat meat uh during lent you had to sacrifice and you could only eat fish or other things that were not meat and if we could go ahead and pick up in verse three of the scripture reading we'll see that that's
5: not true first timothy four three forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which Yahweh hath created to be received with thanksgiving by them who believe and know the truth. For every creature of Yahweh is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is there.
1: uh, Hold on a second, I'm gonna interrupt you there, Linda. Uh, So Yahweh, he, he created everything And he created everything for us. And as we know, uh, in Romans 1, 19 and 20, the spirit, the physical represents the spiritual. So, you know, he created everything, including the animals and plants and other things that are consumed by us. So uh, we can have sustainability. And as, you know, as all the way back in the, uh, in the uh, tabernacle down there back in the wilderness, something had to lose its life to, um, for, for someone else to live and to keep their life. Um, obviously, it was a lot different back then where you're, you know, we're not sacrificing animals now, but, you know, we are using what is put here on this earth for sustainability. And there isn't anything in the Bible that I know of. That tells you that you're not allowed to eat meat or certain uh, things during a certain time of the year and as a matter of fact I think it was during our last um our last Lent and Ash Wednesday season we had classes where Lent and Ash Wednesday don't even appear in the Bible so this is uh, a concept that was created by man, and man's uh, imagination, and man's theories, concepts, and opinions, Um, because it's not in the book, and we're, you know, if it's not in the book, we're not supposed to be, you know, we're not supposed to be believing on it, so every creature, verse 4, every creature that Yahweh, of Yahweh is good, and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, so we should be thankful and grateful that we, that Yahweh's providing uh, food for us in many ways, you know, many different foods he provides for us, and that we shouldn't be, um, you know, especially following a man, letting him tell you that, you know, something different than what your creator is telling you, Um, because we shouldn't be going by what a man says. It's, it's it's a spiritual covenant right now and it's not like it was back then so if we can divert just for a second greg if you can go to the carnal ordinances chart um why i'm saying that is and i never knew this in catholicism either it wasn't taught to me but uh when i did walk into one of these classes for the first time i saw jesus up there on the cross and i thought oh okay you know, this is, there's Jesus, it says Yahshua up there, I don't know what that means, but it says Jesus, I guess this is similar to what I've been learning, but whoa, was I wrong, so on the uh, left-hand side of the chart there, uh, it says Old Testament is fulfilled, and underneath it has the scroll with carnal mind, which is natural, physical, and then in In that scroll, it shows all the different ceremonies that were performed back then under the law, which was given to the Jews and the Jews only. But it seems that religion, all religions really, have dragged all these uh, physical, carnal, earthly, temporary things over to the other side of the cross. And basically, made our savior's death and all everything he did for us be nothing mean nothing so the old the old testament the old covenant which was given to the jews and the jews only was not given to the gentiles which is everybody else other than the jews is on the left hand side and if you look just to the right of the scroll you'll see two keys and a finger a hand pointing to Yahshua on the cross and those two keys represent the law and the prophets which are the beginning part of your bible it's not the new testament which most religions uh, go by and in the law and the prophets are everything that is written about the man hanging there on the cross is in those books and that's where you go to learn about him and obviously he has to quicken you and to give you a revelation but to prove everything and to uh, to go back there and learn about him you have to go back to the law and the prophets because as we've learned in this class the new testament Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all those, which generally is read as gospels in my church, those books weren't even written back when Yahshua was walking the earth, and all the prophets and all that were around, those were written later on, so it's, they're dragging, you have to go back to the law and the prophets, those keys, to understand about your creator, and Then when you do that, you will move to the other side of the cross there where it says spiritual kingdom. So everything, as I said, and we probably should get it, uh, Romans one nineteen and 20, if you would, please. Romans one nineteen and
4: 20. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse.
1: So right there, our creator is telling us that the invisible things can be clearly seen. and In other words, invisible meaning spiritual. You can't see spirit. Um, you can describe it but you can't see it with your natural eyes so that's why the creation was created so you can understand spirit and understand your creator by the things that were made and so under that spiritual kingdom there you have spiritual things you have You have intercession, anointing, baptism, sacrifices, circumcisions, but they're not with hands. They are made in your cloud, in your mind, in your heart. That's the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, which is not readily known out there in the world. The new covenant, which was given to everybody the Jews and then later on to the Gentiles was poured out in the upper room the spirit came on to man and and that's what brought in this spiritual kingdom the and and got rid of all these cardinal ordinances all these laws there were 600 and some laws back then uh, not just the Ten Commandments there were 600 and some laws that you had to follow and and if you didn't the penalty was death so now the spiritual your your creator is in you and let's get um not real great with where the scriptures are let's get uh something to back that up it's uh he's gonna put his um it's probably back in isaiah or one of those he's gonna put his laws in your inward parts
3: Ezekiel 36.
5: Oh, that's great. Okay. I'll get that. Ezekiel 36 and uh, 24. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to start at 24. For I will take you from among the nations or the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols, which will I cleanse you.
1: So, he new- had, so, so he's saying he's gonna gather us all from all parts of the world, basically, and he's gonna clean he's gonna clean us up. And that's not with that's not with uh, baptism by water, because as we know, it's not gonna clean you up they're putting you in a dirty river and I don't know how you're expecting to be cleaned up so he's gonna he's gonna clean you up but he's gonna clean you up not with water physical water but with living water or the word or the gospel that's how he's gonna clean you up and go ahead and continue on 26
5: a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh.
1: So the heart we had, the heart we had in us, and as there's another scripture in there, if, oh, if there was such a heart in them, that's why uh, the children of Israel couldn't keep those laws because they didn't have the kind of heart that would accept and, and have the Savior, the Spirit of our Creator dwelling in them. Uh, So he has to give, it says, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit and a new heart. You're not going to do that. He's going to do that for you. And that new heart and that new spirit is him in you, which is the new covenant. It is in you. The laws are in you. They're not on you because there's another scripture where it says that the laws were, they couldn't keep them because they were against them. They weren't. You know, they they weren't capable of, of keeping the laws. So the new covenant, the law is in you. Go ahead and read 27.
5: And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And ye shall keep mine ordinances or judgments and do them.
1: So that's how it's gonna happen. He's gonna do it. You're not gonna have anything to do with it. And you know, in the church, you're you're told uh, if you go to confession, you tithe, you do the sacrifices that are on that left side of that of that uh, chart here, and if you do all those things, that's what's going to get you into heaven. That's what's going to get you the the good graces, and and it's just not it's just not reality, and it's backed up uh, in the scriptures as we read. Um, You know, he's going to give you that new heart and he's going to um, make you a better a a change. He's going to, there's going to be a change taking place in you. So let's go back to the scripture. I just wanted to kind of point that out there. Um, Kind of talking about that verse, verse three and four there, where the church uses physical things to to try to get you to you know try to get you to think the way they're thinking and it's not physical anymore it's when Yahshua died on the cross for us it ushered in a new covenant and it isn't physical anymore so let's go back to the scripture and start at five please 1 Timothy
4: 4 and 5 for it is sanctified by the word of Yahweh in prayer but if, I'm sorry, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Yahshua the Messiah, nourished up in words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained.
0: So, but, there's, so
1: there, the nourishment, uh, the sanctification by the word, uh, nourished up in the words of faith. And as we've talked about in uh, past classes, you can substitute that word of faith for Yahshua. Nourished up in the words of Yahshua, our Messiah. All, his, all those words that I talked about in the Law and the Prophets, though, all those words that he, that he gave us are there for us to learn. They're there for our nourishment. Um, And the word came unto uh, Isaiah or Ezekiel, and the word, as we read in the moderation, that is Yahweh Elohim, which is is created by Yahweh to create everything. Well, he created Yahweh Elohim, and as they say in this class, he went out of the creating business. So that is the creator of everything. And we are sanctified by the words, by by that word, the word of Yahweh. Go ahead and go on to seven.
4: But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come.
1: So, um, fate, refusing old fables, or uh, you know, theories, concepts, and opinions, um, things that can't be proven. Um, you want to be able to reject that. You don't want to fall prey to that. Um, you know, you want to you want to stick to what you've been taught. You don't want to stray f- from what you've been taught and from the law and the prophets. So, And it says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. And as we know, there's the, uh, and I'm not sure where it's at, but uh, flesh profiteth nothing, if someone could grab that scripture. Um,
4: John six sixty
1: three. Thank you. So the flesh, pro- you'll hear in this, in this uh, scripture, the flesh—you know—and everybody's after the flesh. It's—it's it's all about the flesh. But as you'll see in here, it's not about the flesh. It's about spiritual things, as we read in uh, Romans one nineteen and twenty. The spirit is what matters. So go ahead and read that, please, if you wouldn't. John six
5: sixty three. It is the spirit that giveth life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life.
1: So spirit, flesh profiteth nothing. And there's another scripture where it says that, that uh, flesh will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And you can, uh, if someone wants to grab that as well. So while everybody is stuck on First the flesh. Corinthians
6: 1550.
1: Thank you. As everybody's stuck on the flesh and... You know, once we're out of this world, there's not going to be any flesh. It's all going to be about the spirit and these bodies aren't going on. They're going to stay here and
0: whatever happens
1: to this creation, that's what's going to happen to them. So we our, our flesh is not going to go on uh, to eternity. Go ahead and read that if someone has it then about no flesh inheriting the kingdom.
5: 1 Corinthians 15 and 50. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption.
1: So right there it tells you that the flesh is not going through. It's gonna be your it's your soul, your inner man. You have to, you have to be spiritually. You'll be spiritually saved. You will not be saved. Your physical body is not going to go on. As just as Joshua's physical body uh, didn't, he his body didn't raise physical. It raised a quickening spirit. When they went to that tomb, they thought that the body was stolen. There was no body there. So, you know, the body, it's it's not going to raise, it's it's going to be spirit. So let's go back to where we were in the scripture and pick that, I think it was eight, or no, nine.
4: Nine, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we do, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living Elohim, who is, who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe.
1: And that's the key right there. He's going to be your savior but you have to believe. But he has to make you believe. You can't just read this book and say, okay, I believe. He's got to give you a revelation or an understanding and put it in your heart and in your mind for you to believe it. You can't, as we've said earlier, you can't do anything on your own. He's going to do it for you. He is going to give you life he is going to give you salvation he's going to change you he's going to do it all and (coughs) you still have to believe and like i said even though he's making you believe you still have to accept and believe that he is and that he's real and that he exists okay go ahead on the scripture these things
4: command and teach let no man despise thy youth But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery.
1: So verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee and the gift is Yahshua in you it is given it is a gift it's given to you freely you didn't do anything to earn that and don't neglect that gift work you know work that work with that gift work uh, study the scriptures as it says read the scriptures um ponder these things um Because not every you know the world doesn't a lot of the world doesn't get this. We're a very small minority of people that that has been chosen and given this understanding, and um, you know don't don't neglect it. Make sure you are are diligent. Make sure you uh, attend classes if you're able. Uh, Read the transcripts. Um, You know, there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, that you can, you know, attain to, to get more understanding, and, and then hopefully you'll, things, more things will be revealed to you, and, you know, you can keep moving on in the teaching. Uh, Go ahead and finish up uh, on the chapter. Meditate upon these
4: things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy, profiting may appear to all take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee
1: and that's a uh, another good point why we're on here on this zoom uh, format is you know we're we're taking heed and we're trying to uh, get this doctrine out there that our Our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, um, put together after his um, vision and revelation from the Creator. And we want to get that out there so that everyone can hear it. And, you know, I'm sure since the pandemic and since the Zoom was created here, you know, a lot of people maybe weren't didn't have access. There might not have been anyone in their area or country that, you know, were doing any of these classes. So with the, you know, advantage of having this Zoom format, um, you know, people that weren't able to access it now can access it and, you know, it can go out to the whole world. And that's what, you know, Dr. Kelly was told to do to to teach teach his people and in other words to teach the whole world and you know obviously I wasn't around when the founder was here but I know from being in these classes he did peace missions and um, did all kinds of things to to get this doctrine out and you know not a lot of the world accepted it so you know I feel very grateful and humbled to be someone that you know was brought down here and just given a small amount of of this knowledge and revelation of him and him being real and the the spirit is what we're after not the the flesh and the physical and you know we don't need to go to to the church to worship our creator he doesn't dwell in 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 uh, buildings and temples made with hands and we don't worship him with our hands or uh you know raising your arms and yelling and stuff you know and you're supposed to since he's in you you're supposed to um have that conversation with your creator within it's not this big you know explosion of people and explosion of emotions that's going to get you anywhere you know you're your relationship with your Creator is supposed to be one-on-one and within you. So, I'm really grateful, as I said, that I'm that I've been given any understanding of, of this, um, because it obviously wasn't taught taught to me back in the Catholic Church. Um, you know, I learned a lot about different. I learned how to memorize things in the Catholic Church. I really didn't learn about my Creator, and as and as also is said in this class, you know they don't even tell you the name of the Creator. They call him God and Lord God, and and they use Jesus, which is not his name. So it's just a real great experience um, with all the things that are available to learn about our creator i i highly uh, suggest that anyone this is for anyone who is willing to 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 put the things of the flesh aside and to just you know open up and hopefully he'll reveal something to you and you know you could you could understand more about your creator and be in a better situation because this world's not going to not going to save you you're going to need you're going to need something way more than what's on this earth so uh, i hope somebody got something out of that and i hope that uh i said something that i can that the next speaker can work off of and with that i'll hand it back to our president to call the next
3: speaker that'll be diane emler
6: hello one and all
3: (laughs) hello diane
6: Hi. It, it is my um, pleasure to be here and to be well enough to speak. Um, I attended uh, the Green Bay picnic, and it turned out that well over a quarter of the people that attended uh, ended up Uh, with COVID. And my um, immune uh, system is compromised right now. And uh, my likelihood of contracting COVID was very high. Now, I, we all started testing as soon as we found out and I kept going through my mind, the reasons why I tested negative. And you have to understand that uh, one of the first people that contracted this, I had two conversations with him sitting next to him on a couch face to face. Another person, I drove three hours with him in a car talking and others that came down with this, I hugged and kissed and did what you do when you greet people. And there just was not any physical legitimate reason why I did not contract uh contract covid so once again we have to understand grace and the mercy uh that has been bestowed upon us not only the most importantly spiritually but physically as well Uh, He knows how much we can handle, and he makes those determinations, and I just am in awe of his mercy and his grace, and it has been uplifting for me, and I in beginning to learn what it means when, who was it? Is it in, uh, I counted all joy. Uh, first,
3: James. James. James
6: one. James, the first chapter. First verse.
3: First verse.
6: First, first.
3: Are we still online? I'm
4: sorry. I'm looking Yes, for, we are.
6: Yeah, Same that's fine. It's just the reason we ask is because our Wi-Fi is constantly unstable. So if I don't get some kind <laughs> of feedback, I don't know if we're on.
5: Okay, James, starting at 1-1. Thank you. James, a servant of Yahweh and um, of our master, Yashua the Messiah. To the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into various trials.
6: Or diverse, diverse temptations. temptations. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to read that and think, oh, right. I'm just going to count it all joy when I'm miserable. <laughs> and the fact is, I was listening to a lecture uh last night in fact on uh, uh, Rhonda Brazil and she talked about a lecture that uh, Chuck Weber from New York gave years ago about planting trees and he evidently took a course and if you know Chuck that makes sense and he took a course on Uh, planting and nourishing trees. So after the class was over, he went up to the professor uh, asking some questions, and he told the professor what he had been doing. And first of all, he said, "I uh, and these were fruit trees, I'll specify that, that uh, he dug a hole uh, nice size um, and cleaned all the uh, stones and twigs out of there uh, before he put the tree in. And the professor said, now you don't want to do that because you need to leave the stones and twigs in that hole so that the roots have something to attach themselves to, therefore making the root or the foundation more stable. And then Chuck went on to say that uh, when he planted the tree, uh, he got it in a good spot and he planned to fertilize it and to keep it watered, uh, you know, so it stayed moist on a continual basis. And the professor answered, now you don't want to do that. He said, you want that tree to go through some stress, because if the tree does not have stress, it will not produce fruit. And all of a sudden, when I was hearing that from Rhonda, I thought, (laughs) I should be the strongest tree out there. But in reality, you see, we need these um, pitfalls. We need these stressful situations, whatever they may be, whether it be your health or financial uh, or uh, uh, relationship troubles, or it may be all of them at once. Um, But when you stop and you consider that is what you need to be able to be strong enough to be able to produce that fruit, which is what Yahshua Yahweh told Adam in that garden, be fruitful and multiply. And he was given that commandment because that was what was uttered to Yahweh Elohim. Be fruitful and multiply. And down here at the end of it all, he requires of us to be fruitful and multiply. And we cannot even begin to be fruitful and multiply, unless we have that strife or stress in our lives. And it doesn't have to be something physical that's gone wrong. I mean, I think the hardest things to deal with is what goes on in your own mind, how you doubt yourself. And dare I say you even doubt Yahweh when you say Jesus Can this really be true? I'm an educated, self-aware person, and nobody believes in all of this God stuff. And yet we go back to our foundation. Those things, whatever it was, for me, it was the tabernacle. And it's like I have never since I've become aware of it, never been able to deny it. I have never been able to persuade myself that it is nothing but the work of Yahweh, that it is divine. And so that was my lesson from Green Bay. Yes, people ended up with a lot of stress, but I'll tell you, there were a lot of good lectures uh, while we were there, and they've all been recorded, and when Dennis gets back in town, uh, he'll start working on those and getting them posted to the Oceanside uh, website our YouTube site. So stay tuned to have those uh, available to you, because I'm telling you, it will be worth your while. There's no doubt. Uh, So I was listening. It's my habit when I lay in bed, because it's Uh, hard for me to sleep. My body keeps waking me up. And I will try to get some solace from listening to classes. And I would put on uh, the Dr. Kinley uh, SoundCloud uh, audio, the very first one, number one, and they were reading the scripture and then I was paying attention and I thought, wait a minute, what is that scripture? Where is it? Well, it turns out it was first Timothy, the fourth chapter. So I stopped the tape and pulled up first Timothy four and started to read. And I may not be up here long, but I have to tell you, that by the time I got to the end, I was in tears and it was good tears, not sad tears, but I am lately been reminded not only of his ever presence, but of his grace In mercy. And there's been a time where I have gone against my conscience in a way that he had every right to cut me from that tree. I would have cut myself from that tree so quick. But I was in a situation where I did not just violate my conscience once, but over and over. I came to a point when the situation ended that I was so ashamed I couldn't even think about Yahweh. It was hard for me to utter his name. And I stayed in that state of mind for years until I finally recognized that I, I was not accepting the grace of Yahweh. I was not accepting His forgiveness. I was not accepting His mercy. And you do not want to find yourself in that situation. But it's hard to accept His mercy. It's hard to see that he has forgiven you because you haven't forgiven yourself. But it comes down, if he forgives you, then who the hell are you? You have to trust him. And in that trust is your life. So when I read this First Timothy 4, It seemed to sum up my time in this class. So I want to share with you what it was that I saw. And wait a minute, I got to get there. Takes me a minute. You know, Carl's got it up for me, but I want my own. (laughs) And it's hard because I'm trying to, do this with gloves. Wait a minute. All right. Who's ever reading, uh, can you start right at the first verse, 4-1?
4: Now the Spirit speaketh expressly.
6: Now I'm going to interrupt you a lot, Deb, because... Some of the breakdown of these words is incredible, but uh, the spirit speaks expressly or directly. Go ahead.
4: In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Go ahead. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy,
6: having their conscience sheared with a hot iron, All right, Uh, that was me. I was seared and he healed me and he gave me my life. Um, Where is it? Is it uh, in Matthew 24? Uh, Someone go over there where um, it's towards the end of the chapter. Uh, Many shall depart from the faith. And you might want to pick the train of thought up on that. Okay. Looking. Yep. 17, maybe something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. Anybody and see
6: that, it? I'm not seeing it. 24, 9, start at 9. Is it? I think, t- t- think so. Yeah.
5: Okay, Matthew 24, nine. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Read. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Okay. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many.
6: Now, this whole thing about false prophets has been a theme throughout this purpose. I mean, there have been false prophets right from the get-go with that mystery of iniquity in the Garden of Eden, uh, with uh, 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 deceiving Adam, or not deceiving Adam, deceiving Eve, and Adam giving up his life for her. And then Noah, he had these great followers after he had the vision of uh, the flood. But by the time the 120 years had passed, there was nobody left but his family. And that's all according to the purpose, but you have to understand that someone was out there beeping in their ears going, how can you follow this guy? False prophets, false prophets go, oh boy, I've been reading a lot in Kings and the false prophets, all of Israel, just all of Israel out of those Million plus people, only seven thousand out of millions ended up not submitting themselves to bail. That's incredible. We're talking false prophets, and you know, Joshua talked about the false prophets and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Paul. Oh my goodness. He went into these areas, into Ephesus, and he told those people of Ephesus that uh, as soon as I leave, the false prophets are going to come winding in here, teaching you something different. And even our founder, the one of the last lectures he gave He said, there's going to be somebody who was raised up here that's going to teach you something different. Don't listen to it. And yet they do. And it is, we are blessed to have been spared that. Or blessed because we weren't spared and he brought us out of it. That's a, a, a point of grace that I mean, when you have to come within your mind and see what you gave up to believe that doctrine, I mean to tell you to be brought out of that, it's grace abundantly. And you need to accept that grace not feel guilty for the rest of your life because that's not life grace and peace that is life so these false prophets have been a part of this purpose right to the beginning and it's still going on today we are not done with this we this, you know, it's he who endures unto the end, not he that runs fastest, not he that has the most scriptures, not he that gets on the floor all the time, but it is he who endures. You endure yourself, you endure people in class I mean let's face it I can be an idiot and people I know endure that we endure ourselves we endure others but we always always have to have Yahshua at the center he is our anchor he's the one that keeps us in place Go ahead and read that over. Um,
5: uh, 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Read. And because iniquity shall abound. Now,
6: sorry, Linda, but because iniquity shall abound. And in the Holy Name Bible, that reads because apostasy shall abound. And apostasy means departing from the faith. So there have been so many who have departed from the faith. So because apostasy shall abound, read. The love of many shall wax cold. Your love is just going to go cold. Read. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And that's what I was meandering on for 10 minutes about. So let's go uh, back over to 1 Timothy 4 and pick it right up at 1.
4: Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits, the doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which Yahweh hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. One more. For every creature of Yahweh is good and nothing to be refused
6: if it be received with thanksgiving now that's exactly what peter saw before he went down to cornelius's house yahweh gave him that vision and showed him that sheet with the animals and yahweh said that Yahshua said that all of these were good and and Peter was like, I have lived all these years and never has an unclean thing touched my lips. And Yahshua said, that which I have, well, that which I deem to be clean, how dare you say they aren't? If they are received with thanksgiving, Now, my point is not to go through that, but it's important to understand that we're talking about uh, uh, eating, and what Yahshua was trying to get through to Peter was that you have deemed the Gentiles to be unclean, but they are not unclean, and Peter had to accept that and understand that before he went down to Cornelius's house. And it was actually when Cornelius received the Holy Spirit just by speaking and laying on of hands to understand that Cornelius received the Holy Spirit. Then Peter got it, see. He forgot later and then remembered again, which is something we all do. So that's not my point. So go on and read.
4: Back to the scripture. Yes. Verse 5: For it is sanctifieth by the word of Yahweh and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Yahshua the Messiah. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Now
6: it is important for us, for all of us, to bring these things back to each other's remembrance. You know, I I hate to say it, but you know. There's some enjoyment I receive from hearing the IDMR gossip, (laughs) and it's not a good thing. And so when I catch myself or others talking to me, I have to say no, no, you know, because this is going to influence me. And when I retell it, it'll influence someone else. And it's just not acceptable. Whether I like to hear the juicy gossip or not, it just isn't right. And we have to remind ourselves of these things to ourselves and to each other. We have to remember that people are doing the best they can with what they got. And that's important to remember because that is the key to loving the brethren. You know, there's a lot of faults I have and you could pick me apart in a minute, see? But that's not the point. I want in my heart to be obedient to the Father. And sometimes I think I do okay, and other times I fall flat on my face. And I just have to say, Yahshua, please do this for me because I cannot. We are all in that situation. For me to laugh and giggle about the crap you're doing isn't helpful. (laughs) Although I still have to fight the juicy gossip. Okay, go ahead. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Yes, you know, if you get used to doing the right thing, it's not so hard. Read.
4: But bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Read. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach.
6: We labor and suffer this reproach. And we need that suffering. We need that stress to, to be stable and to multiply and to be fruitful. There's a point to it. This is all over the book. He talks about the chastisement of the sons. It's not like your father or your mother where they just, you know, were irritated with you because they had a headache and you're running in and out of the house all day. Then the explosion just in or out, you know, just choose and I'm going to lock the door. (laughs) So the point is it's not after their own pleasure it's not after the pleasure of punishment or making yahweh's life easier it is for us and we should appreciate that when we are reprimanded when we need to be straightened out when he shows us our errors It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Go ahead and read.
4: For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living Elohim, who is the savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Read. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in
6: conversation in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Oh boy, read on otherwise I'll go ahead.
4: Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine.
6: Now, right away somebody's going, you mean you're telling me I have to read? No, nobody's telling you what you have to read, but you know, it doesn't hurt. You know, you went through school and learned how to read. Why not use it? (laughs) And I'm not a good reader, so I listen. I have the Bible on tape. I have the lectures on tape. I listen. And it demands a lot more of my attention to listen rather than read. So either way, you know, I waste my time on so many foolish things. I'm retired. I get up in the morning, I start playing a game and it's like, I can be there two hours later. What is that? You know, it wakes me up, but then it needs to be put down (laughs) because it's wasteful. You know, we can manage our time and then we want to cry I don't get a lot out of class. Well, are you listening to class? I mean, really listening? Would something sparks your interest? Do you check it out? Or are you like me sometimes where you listen to a whole class and an hour later, someone says, uh, well, what did Dennis get into? And you go, um... Um, I can't remember. I mean, I do that. And it's, it's (laughs) foolishness. And I do that because at the time I was not paying attention. Just a thought. Go ahead and read.
4: (laughs) Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, reread that sentence. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery.
6: Now, neglect not the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy. Now I'm going to have, if someone who's a reader has it, if not Carl, hopefully you'll be able to pick it up here. And what I need is Strong's on prophecy. He's got it. It's from the Greek
3: 4394 from 4396. Prediction, prophecy, prophesying, uh, a discourse emanating from divine inspiration.
6: Now, this is something that emanates from where?
3: Divine inspiration.
6: So it is divine inspiration. We are being taught by divine Heavenly inspiration. Read.
3: And declaring the purpose of God.
6: Yahweh. Put Yahweh.
3: It in. The purpose of Yahweh, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted, or revealing things hidden, especially foretelling future events.
6: So this is what I got out of it. <laughs> That gift, which is in you, was given to you by prophecy. You sit, I sit in these classes, and sometimes we forget. We have our favorite speakers. You know, we have people that we don't really like on the floor. But the problem is, is that what we receive emanates from divine inspiration. And that divine inspiration declares the purpose of Yahweh. So when someone is speaking, that's emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purpose of Yahweh. How magnificent is that? and it can come in the in the form of reproving admonishing or comforting all of those things and it reveals things that are hidden this is our faith this is our gospel This is divinely inspired, showing the purpose of Yahweh, whether you're being admonished or comforted, and it allows you to see that which has been hidden from the whole world. That blows me away. Mm -hmm. And that you need to meditate on. So. Go ahead and read. Pick it up again at 14. Neglect not the gift that is
4: in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on
6: of the hands of the presbytery. And the presbytery is just the elders or the teachers, and we are all kings. So don't say it's not your responsibility. It's everybody's. Read. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself holding to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Now, this, the word profiting in Strong's here means your progress or advancement. It's your increase. Um, It's your advancement. So let me put that in context. Meditate upon the things you've been given. Give yourself or dedicate yourself wholly to them. And that's a gift. So that your growth, so that your fruitfulness so that your progress, your advancement may be seen by all. Why get on the floor? Because we all need to see the growth. We all need to see the improvement in class and for those around you out of class. So that even if you get up for five minutes, I'll tell you, I've been most inspired (laughs) by people that get up for five minutes and speak from their heart. Gotta tell you, put me out in tears. But it's important to show what you have learned. It's important to demonstrate your fruit. And why is it important? Read 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine.
4: Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both
6: save thyself and them that hear thee. Do you understand? In doing that, for in so doing, you both save yourself and them that hear you see it's important this is a truly amazing gospel beyond comprehension and that when you sit and meditate on this you can barely believe it but you do because it's been proven over and over and over the law and the prophets show you over and over and over what happens to you in your life goes forever over and over and over and over it's time for you to accept it's time for you to accept that grace that gift, and then show it to everybody you know. Not in a forceful way, but speak of class. Let them see your growth in class, on the floor, around people, people at work. It doesn't make any difference. He's given you a gift, and as much as you get a fabulous gift. You know, you uh, have a birthday and your husband gives you this diamond necklace and you go to work and you're like, look at what he gave me. And it's just so glorious. Look at what he has given us. Does your husband want you to put it in your jewelry box and never wear it? No, put it on, show it off. Your husband is going to grin when people ooh and awe, ah, and you're so delighted. And that's what Yahshua wants from us. He wants us to take this gift and say, Look at what I got. So, with those few words, I hope they've been encouraging. Thank
3: you. Give me just a minute here. I'm gonna ask Lionel, if you have something you'd like to add, Lionel?
2: Good evening, everybody in Oceanside and around the world, and it's a pleasure to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. There you go. I hope the internet doesn't uh, wipe out where I'm here. I'm uh, I'm humbled to be called here, and uh, this is an incredible, awesome, wonderful, moving teaching, especially when it's kept straight clear and clean as the previous vessels were speaking as Joshua moved them to speak because when something is distorted it's not awesome anymore and um, let's do this let's go to the Moses chart and um, we'll uh, share a couple things on on my mind as we uh, have our own little (laughs) uh, IDMR gossipy class stuff going on up here in Canada and stuff like that but you look down there at the center bottom of the chart and, and it well, really you look on the bottom line of that chart and you see a pretty crisp clear line of darkness. Don't you, you know, the earth in darkness, the, you know, the flood, you know, uh, or the flood and then, you know, and the children of Israel were, you know, in darkness in the sense that, you know, when you follow the pattern, you know, there's a journey to that. And those children of Israel down there when they were given instructions in the 12th chapter i believe it is of exodus they had to get a lamb without spot and without blemish they couldn't use a second rate lamb so whatever they had to get and use or provide well whatever they offered up as a sacrifice had to be without spot and blemish and it's just like this this chart Tells our picture, too. And with this gospel, we have to keep it clear, clean, and without spot and blemish. And we can make mistakes for sure. And that's where we need to take the reproof, correction, and be humbled again and be filled with his grace and mercy. And as Diane was talking about, accept that grace. We fight all kinds of things on a daily basis between our ears and, and this thought and that thought. And But, you know, it's his grace and mercy that he's kept any and all of us but those children of Israel when Moses received that commandment he passed it on to the elders and some other people down the line all of those people all of the children of Israel that had that lamb without spot and blemish and they they you know killed it you know killed it the right way and they didn't break a bone and they had the blood in the basin on the lintel and the two side posts right and the death angel came on over those folks listened to each other what they were given and shared about how to follow those commandments because there's no Moses telling you to to tune into Channel 5 at 7 p.m. to go catch the update from Yahweh or a YouTube or a Zoom or a newsletter or check your email, everyone. It's going to be at this email at this time. They had to pass it on by word of mouth, and you had to keep that story straight, and it's the same down at this end of the age. But some of those people back there, what happened? They they, they came up to the Red Sea, and they were uh, exceedingly, you know, Moses, why did you bring us out here to die? You know, and, and muttering and complaining and having all kinds of issues and and all kinds of stories to tell. And yet, you know, they were, they were told, stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh. And the salvation of Yahweh is Yahshua, which is Yahweh is salvation. And that is such a precious name and manifestation of Yahweh's power. You don't want to have a form of Yahweh. And deny the power of Yahshua, or deny the power of Yahweh, which is that resurrection. They were dead at that Red Sea. And lo and behold, they, they were stood still and stretched forth the rod, and they, they passed on through that sea. And then they went in the wilderness. And Yahweh provided for them and, and they were fed, and their clothes were, you know, didn't wear out and all those things. And they saw that great cloud with no similitude and they received those commandments and they had that marriage contract that took place there all these things that you say Yahweh, we we will do there's a commitment made with blood that they were going to do all those things and and lo and you know and and next thing you know what happened to that first generation it's not 25 people it's a multitude. I don't know how many people, how many souls came out of Egypt, and someone else probably knows that better from a standpoint of knowledge. I don't have that number, but it's a lot of people, and they were di- They died in that wilderness as carcasses. Why? Because they were disobedient when the, those spies went over. The 12 spies went to Atlantic Canyon. Yahshua and, and Caleb there, they came back with a good report, but the other 10, they also saw the land flowing with milk and honey, and and the big grapes and all those things they had to do. and they, But they saw the big people. And they said they brought back a lying report. We can't take them. And they came back and told the children of Israel who had witnessed Yahweh deliver them from Egypt with all of those plagues. And, 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 and brought them through that Red Sea when they're dead and provide their resurrection. And who had fed them, had clothed them, had given laws and statutes above any other nation, which you can also read in the it refers to that as well in Deuteronomy, rhyme the fourth chapter for you to check out at your own leisure, that they believed that false report. And, and, and they, they wanted to pick their own captains and go back down into bondage and back down into Egypt, you know, and, and we don't want to be in that same spot where we were in darkness. We didn't know anything about Yahweh's purpose and plan Boy, Some of us, well, you know, as a kid growing up and, and, and uh, as my parents came into class in 72, I was five year, uh, five years old. So, you know, maybe I knew Jesus, you know, Lord or God from church and kindergarten or something like that. But, you know, but we didn't know the name of Yahweh. And then we were encouraged to look it up and when we, you know, don't just believe, uh, don't believe the speaker, don't believe what the founder said, go check it out. And he traveled around the world, not vacationing, but on two peace missions and was insistent, insistent on having a third peace mission, which he did not go on. And the the testimony and account of those peace missions, people can still read. They're on various different sites, or some people may have a copy of it. I have a copy of two of the three anyway, where places they went, who they saw, and what were they preaching? They weren't preaching Kinley. They weren't preaching any of the other vessels there. They were preaching Yahshua, the Messiah, as as our Savior, and Yahweh. When this chart, Moses' chart, was rolled down there in in Rome, what they see, Oh, we see that you use the name of Yahweh they can't deny it but you know those peace missions went out to the heads of state right because the heads of state when they hear the news and the warning their obligation as a leader is to pass it on to the people and that was the time and, and those peace missions were still fruitful and very purposeful and when you get down to the end of this age well here we are you know i'm in, i'm in, in theoretically in a different country and listening to these gospels and was looking at a map of Australia today and looking to see where Maud is, and he's in Gold Coast. And I think of Sybil Lewis in the Bahamas, and I think of, you know, uh, Denise uh, and uh, Jason Kinley over there in England. I think of Rita Tano in Ghana, and 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 the folks in Zambia and Clifford in Malaysia. Those folks, some of those folks came well, like Clifford and Maude, et etc. Those folks and, and and Rita, they came across these classes by looking the internet, and it's so important that these classes are broadcast. That This class and these lectures are just like a type and shadow of a peace mission preaching the gospel of the awesome Messiah to all the ends of the earth, where Yahweh puts it in their heart and mind to reveal it for people to, hey, what's this lecture popping up? What's this about? Or what's this theme of this class from Oceanside or Syracuse or Ithaca or whatever? It doesn't matter which class. It's not about the class. It's about the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah being preached. And that's such a powerful witness. We can't take that for granted that that wishes of the founder to preach the gospel is still taking place so long as we keep the gospel straight. So many people have played the game of follow the leader, following a man, worshiping what some other man has to say, as Diane was talking about false prophets. You know, there are lots of false prophets in the world, <laughs> And, and as Dave was talking about Lent not being in the Bible and Ash Wednesday and all these things that weren't in the Bible that people are doing and, and so on and, and following different kinds of doctrines and stuff. If you can go to the apostasy chart on the, uh, but we don't want to be like those children of Israel. We came out of the darkness and learned something about Yahweh. We came into the wilderness. We provided for. He provided us salvation. Things didn't get easier when we learned about Yahweh's purpose and plan. They got harder in certain ways. We were tested just like that example, about that tree It's so beautiful that you got to have those rocks when you plant that tree and you've got to, you know, that those roots need to be tested and our foundation in this gospel also needs to be tested. Everyone's test is different. Uh, Go to the, yeah, you go to the apostasy plate on the uh, elementary chart. Please. There you go. If you're able to zoom in on that, there you go. And there's the apostasy plate, right? The love of the brethren has gone cold. And there you have Cardinal Lawrence is restored. Those things were fulfilled by Yahshua. He died the death of an outcast dog, and yet they crucify the world and the churches crucify the Messiah fresh when they're taking that host, that host and saying this is the body of Joshua the Messiah. And all those things, you know, but you it's that and then you see the Pope in Rome who's coming over to Canada this summer or in days now to go apologize to the First Nations people where their church and other churches brutalized and victimized them and so forth, but that's a different story. Um, <clears throat> but you see the churches on there and all those other things, but you also have va- vanity on there and philosophers and, hey, come on over here. Come on over. Did you catch the newest revelation? Did you catch what so and Dr. So-and-so said about something else? Those two are also things that are not founded with witnesses, you know, and, <laughs> you know, our Dean up here passed uh, in January and uh, we probably won't be an official class for too much longer. But at the end of the day, I don't really care because I'd rather be a, a son in Yahshua, in the body of the Yahshua Messiah than any member of a particular institute or any particular organization. Because the organizations, they have their own issues. They all do, doesn't matter the stock value or prices, they all have their own issues. And, and, and and you know, well, no matter how good their ideas are, but I'm not here to follow vain philosophies and, and I'm not here to follow a cult or worship a man or any of those kinds of things, and nor are you. And these things have to be looked at, but the most important part when I look at this chart is not to get lost on the left or the right side of the uh, the, the plate that's also known as the holy place part of it. The bottoms of the core roundabout, the middle section is the um, holy place and that middle section of that holy place, the way, the truth, and the life. What's that? That's Joshua the Messiah. Focus on him. Many, like the scripture, you know, he's the one that's gonna carry you. He's the one that's gonna provide you that grace. That as you read in Ephesians 1 9 and 10, that all things are reconciled unto the Messiah, right? Not for we're not doing anything of our own self, you know. He's working his work with the vessels and so forth. And he worked with lots of vessels through these schools to accomplish various things. And I could I could tell you that about the things that my father coming to class was it was directed to do and, and done and moved through the spirit to accomplish the will of the father. But when that will was done, then then other things happened in time that 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 vexed or challenged my father or pushed him somewhere else. But that's a totally different testimony. And I don't want to really spend a lot of time here on that because. I'm not here to glorify anybody, but go to the first verse of the scripture lesson, please.
5: First Timothy 4.1. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of demons.
2: So when you want to know something about Yahweh's purpose and plan, you've got to get as close to the source of that as possible. Right you've got to go what it does say at Yahweh and and the when you let's go back to the Moses chart there, and we'll look at the top one third of it, I guess, you know, and you've got Moses, he's received a divine receiving a, a panoramic vision of of Yahweh, Elohim, and you've got John on the other right hand side there, and he's receiving a panoramic vision of Elohim as well. and John, Moses is looking one way and John's looking the other way. and what are they doing? They are confirming each other and the founder when he had received this divine vision revelation because lots of people have visions and lots of people have revelations but those visions revelations that many people have are not divine they're not of yahweh and you know that it's of yahweh because he came not to upstage moses or john he came to confirm what moses and john were seeing in their visions and in, in their vision that they had received okay and with that the founder went in and explained using witnesses and showed all kinds of things in the book that you and i didn't know they're always in the book when you go in, for example you go into exodus the 24th chapter and you think oh moses alone is going to go on the mountain so you you cut it off there and moses is going alone but you read further that moses didn't go alone he went with his minister you know and his minister wasn't rabbi so-and-so his minister was joshua the son of noah is also known as joshua and joshua is their authoring and he's the finisher of our faith he's the one doing all of those works so when you look at the vision and revelation that moses and john had they they expressed with all kinds of witnesses and all those sons in between that also received that holy spirit you know uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know Saul and, and Peter and 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 James. What are they doing? They're expressing what they had received. And some of those folks wrote more books or letters, and some wrote less. But those letters are written for instruction and correction and to help to help us. So when you go to Second Timothy and you go on over to the third, Second Timothy two, I guess. Let me start there in uh, twenty four. Or, or 23, twenty three, Second Timothy 2 and 23.
4: But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes.
2: There's all kinds of foolish questions that people can ask. And it doesn't mean don't ask any questions because it might be foolish, but ask questions. Ask to understand. When people say something you don't understand, reach out to them for clarification. You know, questions are very important, but you also don't want to get bogged down in questions that are foolish and all kinds of things and you lose that space and time. Read on.
4: The servant of Yahweh must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves.
2: So, sorry to cut you off there, but, you know, a a servant, which we're all supposed to be servants of Yahweh, and warriors as well, to preach this gospel, you know, and we're supposed to be not strive, you know. Yet, earnestly contend, it sounds contradictory, but, you know, while you're earnestly contending, you're not out to earnestly contend while trying to strive and outdo the other person. We are here to lift each other up as the Spirit gives us utterance. We're here to demonstrate that love, to pick each other up when somebody's down, when somebody's struggling, when somebody needs that love, or somebody needs that reminder that Yahshua the Messiah is real and he's carrying you. When you walk up the mountain, all you see is your own feet, but it's not you. He's the one carrying you. He's got you wrapped up. You know, and there's there's poems about that or footprints on the beach and all those kinds of things like that. But in meekness, instructing those that are opposed. And it's hard to deal with people that are opposed to this doctrine. I I spent a couple days this week dealing with a member of the iBot, you know, uh, dealing with these kind of matters all over not over doctrinal positional points, all over administrative positions, because they may get us on the administrative piece in some cases or in ours to some degree. However, Doctrinally, no, not that I'm anybody or anything or the folks that come to the class that, I, that I'm affiliated with. Not that we're anything, much of anything, but it's the spirit of Yash the Messiah, that gives us that strength and those witnesses that are so important. And our job is to instruct and oppose and give witnesses and give scriptures, not to show me scripture you have, to conjure somebody else to take a look and see what it's whether it's so or not. And I know I haven't called a lot of scriptures here, but those scriptures and on this chart, there's all kinds of scriptures on this chart that if you zoom in on various things, if you just zoom on the bottom right hand side under resurrection, you're going to see three or four. Yeah, thank you. You can see three or four verses on there. Those aren't there to show how smart you are, they're there to help the speaker and anyone watching to check out and see that what's said that that resurrection is real. and. That res- the resurrection was spoken about in the law and the prophets, so it's not a surprise when there's that resurrection because he's talking about beforehand and he's bringing it to pass and he's providing that spiritual fulfillment as well for all those things. Okay, re- you know, uh, recap 25, please.
4: In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if Yahweh peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth.
2: Yeah, no matter what you do, no matter how meek you are, how kind you are, how gentle you are, how loving you are, how direct you are, or how you to the line, with the chips fall where they may, you're not going to recover anybody from that snare. But that Yahweh, perhaps Yahweh will do that, but you still need to be all of those things above, right? And it's hard, and it's difficult, and while trying to keep each other straight, and as the previous vessel was talking about that practice, and get on the floor and listen to someone for five minutes, or 25 minutes or 30 seconds or one line they get up and they're just grateful to yahweh and 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 the wonderful things that they've received in their life through Yahshua the messiah that's just enough to sit back and bring tears to your eyes you know as, as diane said it's just that you know but read on 26
4: and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will
2: yeah at his will he set it up to be so but they may recover themselves now it's not them doing anything it's Yahweh providing that that way of escape that some people may recover we don't know there are many people that that follow let's just use this term a progressive doctrine and so forth but there's only one evangel right there's not two there's as much as people talk about camp here and a camp there there's really just one body of Yahshua the messiah you're you know and and. I, when I first heard the scripture lesson, I thought it was Second Timothy four, and I was mistaken, which is fine. I take that correction. So I was reading there. It's like, well, it's not reading differently, but or it's reading differently. But go over to chapter Second uh, Timothy four and verse two. Well, yeah.
5: Second Timothy four two. Preach the word. Be diligent in season, out of season. Rep- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine.
2: You want to be instant in season when you're having fruit at the market and I come from a colder climate. So, you know, there's only, <laughs> there's a couple weeks where the peaches are really good, you know, where they're fresh in the trees up in our Niagara region. There's other, other times they're trucking it in from somewhere else, but sometimes when the fruit isn't good, you know, it's it's not, it doesn't sit well per se, but you want to be instant in season, you know, and you want to want to be, yeah, we doesn't want lukewarm. It's either hot or cold, you know, go over <laughs> in, uh second Timothy three and one.
4: Timothy 3 and 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men yep. shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful,
2: unholy. Yeah, disobedient to parents. Now, hey, that doesn't mean that I was bad, necessary to Mr. and Mrs. Van Majou, and I in the various times of my life I have been, but it's really disobedient to parents. Who are your parents? The law and the prophets. You know, because they're setting those things up. Those law and the prophets are your parents, and they're witnessing those examples your parents give you in life lead you to things to be successful in the future from a physical standpoint. But when you flip it to the spirit, and you think of what those law and the prophets, those law and the prophets are testifying, the Messiah, how He needed to die, bury, resurrecting again on the third day, all according to what the scriptures, and it's a schoolmaster. To lead you to the Messiah, and if you don't have that schoolmaster or those parents, as it were, to lead you there, you're going to be lost, right? You got to go back in those things. There's people that say they're New Testament Christians and all these different things and stuff like that. That's you know good for them, but when you're reading what what yashua said, hey, listen, you know Moses and them, they wrote to him, so you can be a new. You're missing that whole degree of foundation. You don't want to be like that tree that that Chuck Weber was talking, that Diane was referring to that lecture where all of a sudden, hey, you clean a beautiful hole, there's no rocks, there's no sticks, there's no debris, you plop the tree in, thinking that tree's gonna have the best chance ever. And yet the first storm comes over, it's got nothing to hang on to and it's blown over. It's blown down the, down the way. Go down, uh, if I don't know if you're reading the holy name or not, but go down to the, the uh, fifth verse in uh, Second Timothy 3
4: having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away
2: you don't want to deny the power of having a form of worship of yahweh oh we got the charts some classes use charts as backdrops these are educational tools they help the speaker they help the audience because some people learn auto with their ears and some people learn by seeing and some people learn or by doing right there's many different types of learning but this is expressing the vision and when you see a chart like the Moses part chart where you see, well, right on in the screen right now, the outer court, right? And then just above the immersion or fulfillment of baptism, you see the holy place. That tabernacle pattern is superimposed over this chart in the various spots that, you know, you may think it's scrambled eggs, but there is a pattern being taken place. That death, burial, resurrection, the whole court roundabout, holy place, most holy place, right? That these, But you don't want to deny the power of Yahweh. We talked about that the resurrection there in egypt the power of resurrection what happened what happened with uh, with abraham and isaac isaac was dead there and and abraham died dead buried right in in abraham's mind he's got the knife and he's ready to slay his son because yahweh creates ways where there is no way and, and wait there's that ram was caught in the thicket offering that sacrifice and over and over again and you and i have been recipients of that salvation And as Diane spoke about, you know, her personal circumstance of receiving that grace, that's that power of resurrection being made manifest of accepting that grace that Yahweh's had for her all along that she fought, or whatever the circumstances are that are on a personal matter, but she fought those things. And, you know, we all have to be still and turn aside. Go down in uh, the third chapter there and go down to uh, verse 13
4: evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and
2: being deceived this is a warning right the the last day's perilous times in the end days should be just like the days of noah so when you read back in genesis 6 and such that the the days of noah man was uh, thoughts of man's heart and mind was evil continually not just occasionally not every third tuesday or whatever else at 6 p.m it was continually as always how can i an expression screw somebody else over how can I exalt myself over somebody else how can I get put somebody else down or whatever you want to be and it's the same with these things here at this age evil men they don't look like evil if you saw Charlie Manson walking down the street you're gonna think that's an evil man for an example or some other people where you see them walking oh that's that's Jeffrey Dahmer he's evil or whoever if these people are still alive (laughs) you can recognize those people as being evil but you're not recognizing the, the slick, subtle individual that's walking down the street that looks sweet as pie, whether it's a little old grandmother or some some young kid that looks keen and bright. Those people can also be evil and wax. You got to try the spirit to see whether it's of Yahweh or not. And how do you know it's of Yahweh or not? It's speaking of the witnesses and the law and the prophets and the, all of the examples and using that pattern, which doesn't, doesn't fail, et cetera. But read on. Well, continue
4: thou in the things which thou hast learned, and has been assured
2: of knowing
4: which, of whom thou hast learned them
2: which is the same thing that was talking about in first timothy four at the last verse there we you know it's talking about you know hang on to this gospel and keep working with these things hang on to those things which you've heard because we've been assured of it not just because well kinley received a divine vision revelation and he proved it now i was a little kid and I, I was probably at some convention in Ohio somewhere in the 70s when maybe Dr. Kinley was there but at the end of the day I couldn't tell you anything about him other than I was in Ohio my old man threw me in the holiday inn pool or something like that you know but the founder said he had received a divine vision revelation he went forward to prove it with the witnesses out of the book and then if that wasn't enough for you then he went into science and nature and so forth you know and showed you those things and spoke about Yahweh's purpose and plan manif- manifesting through the creation, as you see on the green chart, or you see on the 40-foot chart. All of those examples, the wording at the top and bottom. So it's okay. With, uh, be assured of knowing from knowing from where you've learned them, and that assurance of knowing where you learned them gives you that confidence. You have car insurance. If something happens to your car, you have that physical insurance that well, you get a check if your car gets wiped out by uh, hailstones or something like that, or tornado or whatever. But that car is not the same anymore. That car, you're gonna get a new car maybe, or you get a check to go buy a new car if it's a used one or whatever it is. But that assurance, it's that confidence, that assured that those witnesses, as you read about in the Hebrews, the eleventh chapter, by faith, by faith, by faith. Moses, Abraham, all of those vessels were working. Or by Joshua, if as Frank was ta- uh, Dave was talking about, you can substitute Joshua for faith. By by Joshua, Moses didn't love the living in Egypt uh, with the riches in the palace. By faith, you know, all of these examples took place. That's the assurance we have in Yahshua the Messiah. He's working a work in his time. 15.
4: And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in the Messiah, Yahshua.
2: Yep, and that well, that part's important because some people say, Oh, I got the Bible, i read the Bible. Doesn't mean you understand it, right? That Bible needs to be revealed to you and I. When Yashua the Messiah rose after the, the death, burial, resurrection, and well, after the resurrection, and he's walking the road to Emmaus and so on, and he's talking and he you know, walking with them for the seven miles, which is not something you do in 15 minutes. It's a long discussion where he's talking about himself or the law and the prophets. And there he is, and he opens their understanding to the scriptures. Well, after he'd risen from the dead, resurrected a quickening spirit, he opened their understanding of the scriptures, which you can read about in Luke, the 24th chapter, 46 or 47 in there. But he wasn't pouring out the Holy Spirit yet. But by opening up their understanding of the scriptures, they could then check and see whether those things he was talking about were so or not. Because He's providing that revelation. He provides a revelation for you and I. And and all those vessels out there to see that the things in the book are real and it's working all to according to his purpose and plan. You know, you can be wise from the holy scriptures from a child, but it's not gonna bring you wise unto salvation unless it's through the faith which is in Yashua the Messiah, that Holy Spirit is going to make those scriptures come to life for you. Final five minutes. Thank you very much, Carl. I appreciate read on 16. All
4: scripture is given by inspiration of Yahweh. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness.
2: Yep, all scripture that is given, sorry to cut you off. All scriptures that are given by the inspiration of Yahweh, right? You read, in Peter says the same thing. Holy men of old spake not as they're as moved, not of themselves, but they spake as they're moved by the Holy Spirit, right? And, and, and Saul's, these boys are also filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're saying the same thing. Have a safe trip to the airport, Bruce and Jerry. Love you. Okay, they're saying the same thing. All the scriptures that's given by inspiration of Yahweh is profitable for doctrine, reproof for correction. Well, some people don't want to take correction when you give them a scripture. Or Frank goes to uh, Dave, I keep calling Dave Frank. I'm so sorry. What, uh, what's that last thing? Dave Frankowski's messing me up a little bit. But Dave goes to the church and says, "Hey, Mister Mister Rabbi Rabbi not Rabbi Mister Mister Roman Catholic Minister, show me where Lent Lent is in the Bible." And he's not going to pull it out of the Bible. He's going to pull out their own book, or the the Baltimore Catechism or something like that, right? Because they don't have it in the book and they're not going to take that correction. They're going to stick with their own policies and procedures. You know, it's a correction. The proof, instruction, righteousness, which is so important. And we all have to be humbled by that too, because we're all going to make mistakes. And if someone's off with something, you know what? How do you prove it to someone? You give them the witnesses out of the book, right? You know, and it's all about making a man thoroughly furnished you know under under Yahweh go over to Matthew the 24th chapter you know and Diane was over there and I know I have just a couple minutes left here and it's always a, a treat to come to class and it's always more it's always more enjoyable to listen to other speakers to be quite honest you know I, I jump on the zoom to support and to be of love and if called and I'm called and and that's it and it's, you know I don't I'm just just here to do my part and just like you and I are or just like anyone else here but let's go over to the verse uh, Matthew 24 and uh and three
5: and as he said upon the mount of olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age
2: they wanted to know when the end of the age was people want to know when the end of this age was why Those wicked and evil men want to know what the end of this age is so they can plunder and get more money and have more kind of crazy lifestyle living stuff going on. But these disciples or apostles at this point in time, or disciples at this point in time, they want to know when the end of the age was. Tell us something privately. Well, you know what? When you've got the Holy Spirit, you're going to say the same thing in public, the same thing on Zoom, the same thing on the street corner, the same thing with your Uber driver. If he asks you if you're going somewhere, it's nothing private or public is, or there's no difference between any of them, okay? But what does Yahshua answer? He doesn't say, hey, oh, it's going to end at such a state in time, or it's going to, you know, read on.
5: And Yahshua answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you.
2: <clears throat> take heed that no man deceive you. And I have a personal witness of experience of people that have been, I hate to say it, appeared to me to be deceived. And I say appeared to me because only Yahweh is the, is the judge of all those things that they're preaching things that aren't true or looking for the newest revelation or, or Kindley's your father, someone else is your mother, something, someone else is your grandmother or whatever. I, I don't know on all those kinds of things or people waiting for an exchange. The only exchange that I'm going to do is when I take the propane tank for my barbecue and I change it for another propane tank. I'm looking for my soul to be converted and brought into the body of gosh, the Messiah. Let's go over to verse uh, 22. And then that's the last verse. I on.
5: And except those days should be shortened,
2: there should no flesh... Sorry for a second, Linda. Except those days be shortened. He talked about tribulation and the end times, stay in the holy place, right? Preach the gospel. You can look to the Matthew 24th chapter. Except those days be shortened. He's going to shorten those days, which are these days. He's writing those days because he's before Pentecost. Now we're in this age, and it's these days that we are living in now in this age. Read on there should no
5: except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved
2: if he doesn't shorten it no if he doesn't shorten it no flesh is going to be saved why man is evil and wicked continually and that adversary is up to trip all those people he's got the people in the church already and Yahweh have mercy on them but he's coming after those that know something about yahweh when you have a give a discourse you're on some class somewhere wow what a wonderful class it is you know for me personally i can set my watch almost I know that I'm going to have some real tough times coming soon after a class, whether I'm listening or speaking. It always works that way, at least for me. And, and, and I'll, I'll take that sandpaper in life to be, have that trials and tribulations. But it, all flesh may not be saved or it doesn't cut them short, basically. Read on the last.
5: But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened.
2: But for the sake of the elect. That you and I that are in the spirit of Yahshua the Messiah, that, that we're not going to be taken by the adversary, he's going to cut the days short. We don't know when that is. It's his time, right? I've heard people talk about looking for a savior in our time. Oh, Kim is was our savior in our time. We don't have any time. Our savior is Yahshua the Messiah for through all time, forevermore, eternal spirit. Anyway, thank you for the opportunity. Wonderful class, listening to previous vessels. All praise unto Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah.
5: Hallelujah. Thank
1: you. Thank you Dr. Van Mansu and we'd like to thank everybody who has participated in our Zoom class today and we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We'd like to ask, at this time I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the recording has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, along glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever, let us all say Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.